0: What's up, guys? Welcome in to a new year. Happy New Year to the Ethos Lakers Nation. Happy 2022 as we begin to prepare a new launch forward, hopefully, anyway, for this Lakers team coming off their most dominating win in quite some time. But I you did know it's been a long time, guys. It's been a long time. It's been too long since we've been together. It's been too long since we've taken a solo ride down memory lane, and there has just been so much So much that is going on with this Lakers team. I am Ethan, your main man, Noroff. As Carl would tell you, he's four on. Carl, shout out to you, brother. Best friend from college, roommate, devout listener of the show, despite being a Celtics fan from Massachusetts. So Carl, I appreciate you for that much more, sir. But we got to catch up on these Lakers and let's not bury the lead despite all the different changing iterations of the roster we'll go through all of it because there are still spots that are somehow occupied on this team by players who have no purpose. But before we get into all of that, I have to start this show by saying something that I just couldn't believe as I was looking it up prior. Now, last night, and this is being recorded on New Year's Day, so this is in reference to the New Year's Eve Lakers game. Last night was the first time ever, ever that a player had 40 or more points, 10 or more rebounds, five or more threes while playing fewer than 30 minutes. Only LeBron James has done that. I mean, he was phenomenal and he's been phenomenal over the last seven games. By the way, in which the Lakers are two and five, ladies and gentlemen, over the last seven games, they have been abysmal, as we all know, okay? Just 2-5 and five over the last 7 games, but it certainly has not been LeBron's fault. During that period of time, dude is averaging 36 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.7 steals, 1.6 blocks, and th- almost three and 3-pointers a, a game while shooting basically 58% from the field. 57.8%. Now... I could sit here and tell you what the tweet says, which is that it's absurd. I've never seen something like that, right? I don't think any of us have, and that's sort of the point. And for me, it's just one of those things where earlier this year I sat here and said, look, LeBron finally appears human. But you know what? Maybe he just needed to get some run underneath him. Maybe he just needed to get his health underneath him. Whatever it is, this stretch of basketball is some of the best we've seen from LeBron James in recent memory. Every game, he's over 50% from the field. In the last three games, he's blistering hot from the three-point line in the last three games. Over 50% in each game. And over the last two games, he's 13 of 24. Stretch that out to the last three games, and he's 16 of 29. I mean, it's absurd. He's even making his free throws. He's only missed five over his last three games, and he's taken 21. So for LeBron, he's knocking down about three quarters of his of his foul shots, which is more or less consistent with what he's doing this year. But still, the most recent game, the craziest part is he didn't even have a freaking turnover. And I'm sorry to get so excited when I'm, you know, sitting here and just thinking about what this guy is doing on the court after, you know, one day following his 37th birthday. But, you know, I'm sitting here about to be 33 this month and I'm creaking when I lean on my elbows and my knees click like they need replacements. It's just I'm just a normal human. Yeah, I spent a lot of years playing catcher, but not nearly at the level in which he's played basketball during the course of his professional career. Whoo, what a welcome. Hope you guys are well, man. I hope you guys are safe and healthy. This new COVID variant is causing all of us to just, ugh. It's the only way I can describe it at this point. As I sit here and start to think about going back to school in terms of the other side of winter break, going back to serving in my role as an administrator at a high school, I can't help but wonder what that's going to look like. So wherever you lie on the spectrum of vaccination, that's not what this episode is going to be about, but wherever you lie, just continue to take the appropriate precautions. That's all I can tell you. I do think that we're going to have to learn to live with it. What you can do to protect yourself from it is up to you, but we're going to have to learn to live with it before we reach mass, mass immunity or herd immunity, Probably. Anyway, continue to do your part, but let's keep it about the Lakers. So since we've last connected, the Lakers have looked like shit a lot of the time. They should have three wins. They should be three and four and out, two and five. That game against the Grizzlies, yes, John Morant was fantastic, but to be honest with you, he didn't do a damn thing down the stretch, neither did LeBron, and that's basically why the Lakers lost that game. Not to put it on LeBron, but they just couldn't deliver it down the stretch. They couldn't close it out. You could argue that they even should have won the game against Brooklyn, but I think that's a tougher stretch. Maybe against the Bulls, but the Grizzlies for sure. Lakers should at least be three and four. But yeah, they beat the Rockets and they beat the Blazers. Blazers without CJ McCollum and half their team because of COVID safety protocols. McCollum because he had a collapsed lung. So yeah, it's going to take a while. Not not really an impressive stretch here for the Lakers. And you know they played they when they played the Suns, a team that's been dominant the entire year, and they got dominated. There's, there's nothing to take away from that game that says, oh yeah, the Lakers, they, they might be on to something here. Yeah, no. To get blown out by the Spurs, that was embarrassing. But this LeBron at center thing, this is a thing, okay? This is clearly going to be a thing for this team. It's going to be a thing for this team, probably, I mean definitely now, but I think probably going forward too, even w- if and when Anthony Davis returns, and everybody keeps saying, oh, he'll only be out for another few weeks. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They said he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. Nothing about return. And even if he's cleared to return, I guarantee it takes a week, maybe 10 days for him to ramp it up and really get going. It's going to be a while. It's going to be probably most of this next stretch toward the end of the season without him. So this LeBron and center thing, it's going to be a real thing. So this brings up an important point because we've seen Isaiah Thomas's reunion with the Lakers. That feel-good story didn't feel so good on the court. I like the guy. I hope he finds a home in the NBA. But it's not on this Lakers team that already has enough ball-dominant players who are better than he is. That's the reality. The trade of, of Rajon Rondo, this, th- there's a takeout there, right? That what a move by the Lakers to send Rondo to an organization that'll give him playing time that's projected to be in the playoffs. Yeah, miss me with that. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It's nice that the Cavs are in the playoff picture. They're 20-16 and 16 as of the time this is being recorded, and they, they were a little bit better before losing Ricky Rubio, who was playing so well for them this year. Unfortunately, Rubio tore his ACL once again. Same ACL he tore, I think it was back in 2012, Who said, if I'm remembering that right offhand. So they've been a great story. But the Lakers would be, they, they are thrilled to get that, that, that roster spot freed up. I don't know if that was the ideal way to do it, but they saw an opportunity to do it and a player who wasn't playing. Look, Rondo, like Carl asked, right? You remember Carl from earlier in the show, guys, okay? Like Carl asked, he said, you know, what, what was the point of signing Rondo? And, and I think the Lakers signed Rondo because he's familiar. We knew, you knew the chemistry in terms of, you know, how uh, LeBron respected him and things like that. You know, you knew that that was good. He became unexpectedly available because it was a buyout situation. It was sort of a no downside situation at the time. So why not? The way the season has played out, in terms of fit of the roster and a multitude of other things, as it relates to COVID and other teams' moves and all of that, has presented a scenario where Rondo's just not needed for this team, despite the injuries, and the COVID situation in the backcourt. It just has not been the right. It has not been the right mix. It has not been the right fit. Now, Stanley Johnson. I mean, who? Who knew? I have a buddy, Jordan. We would joke years ago that ah, oh, Stanley Johnson. He'd be a great player for this Lakers team. I mean, th- this Stanley Johnson is like you know, one of the most important players on the Lakers right now probably and going forward. If the Lakers are smart, they're going to st- sign Stanley Johnson to more than just a rest of season deal because the type of burn he's going to get for this team is going to earn him some eyes around the league once again, assuming he can keep up this level of defensive intensity and production. Stanley Johnson has been a- almost like a godsend for this team, which is ridiculous to say. And Darren Collison coming out of retirement to be the backup point guard? I mean, whether or not he sticks around, I guess we'll see. Because there are a lot of players on this team who who need to go, in my opinion. But Stanley Johnson's been a revelation. He's here to stick around. But the Lakers have at least least three guys who they got to move on from. I'm not even counting Jamario Jones on the 10-day hardship deal. That's a one and done. They brought him back for familiarity, but that's a one-and-done, okay? Nice little payday for him. Good for him. The Lakers have had a dire need at the center position. Dire. They have not played DeAndre Jordan whatsoever, despite that. And, And to be clear, I'm not blaming them. This is this is not about me blaming them for not playing DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan doesn't deserve to play. But if the Lakers are so needy at this position and DeAndre Jordan can't even get on the court, then why is he on the team? Played seven minutes against the Spurs on the 23rd of December. Last time he was on the court. Dwight Howard, I understand. Gotta have one. Dwight, I get it. And I I think we all know that he's the better of the two. But the other guy for me is Jay Huff. Yeah, Jay Huff This guy is on the two-way deal I get it, seven-footer Kind of an interesting project maybe Okay, but if he can't get on the court When the Lakers have a dire need at the center position On a two-way deal Then why is he even on a two-way deal? What's the point? I get it, it's for development I get it, it's for the long term But at some point when the long term becomes the short term Players gotta be able to play And if you're not even willing to give him a chance Then why have him around? Mason Jones, same thing for him. Kent Bazemore, mm-mm, it's not happening on this team. It's not happening. Wayne Ellington, he needs to shoot the ball better. If Wayne Ellington is going to stay on this team, he's got to shoot the ball better. I think they want to find a way to keep Darren Collison around. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But Stanley Johnson's here to stay, guys. So now this iteration of this Lakers team with Stanley Johnson starting at power forward and LeBron at center, you're giving up a lot of size. Against some teams, you can get away with that, especially when you bring Melo into the game. But against teams that are starting a more traditional center, you're going to have to play Dwight. And you're not going to play Dwight 30 minutes, so what are you going to do? And if you're looking toward playoffs, what are you going to do against Ayton, against Jokic? What are you going to be able to do against those guys who present that challenge inside? Go Bear. Somehow the Lakers are still in the playoff picture, mostly because most of the Western Conference has been terrible. Okay? Golden State, Phoenix, and Utah, they're all out in front. Memphis, surprisingly, is not far behind them, closer to them than they are the rest of the pack. But the Lakers haven't done anything to separate themselves from Denver, Clippers, Dallas. you got to figure the Clippers are probably going to fall off now, right? know Paul George for a while obviously Kawhi's out for the season probably gonna fall off a little bit so Lakers are just hovering in that seventh spot same thing we saw from them to end last season so this team is who we thought they were they're not better they're just different they're just different that's the reality right now they've got to get better play from guys not named LeBron James I me mean, it's very it's plain and simple <laughs> I mean that that's that's sort of the reality, right? Obviously, LeBron has been, he's been phenomenal for this team. The idea that he's incapable of being the best player in the league on any given night is garbage. Because he's a product of his age. I mean, we've seen him defy that notion time and time and time again. And people still want to sit here and say, oh, no, it's not going to happen. Okay, man. At a certain point, you've got to be okay with just stop talking to people and stopping the conversation. And knowing you're right, but being able to walk away. Someone can tell me 2 plus 2 plus 2 is 7. And they go argue with me all day long. It's all me to know when to walk away. I also like what we've seen from Russell Westbrook recently. I know that's going to be met with a lot of like, what the hell did you just say, man? But honestly, I think this version of Russell Westbrook is better for the Lakers. And I think that's what he was trying to say. When he came out with that quote that kind of went around the headlines and, you know, that they don't Lakers don't want me or need me to do 25, 15 and 15. That's not normal. It, people trying to say that was an excuse for his play. It, it really wasn't. And outside of one like that game against the Nets in which the Lakers could have won if Russ had a better game. I mean, he literally shot four of 20 from the field. Probably the, the, the reason the Lakers lost that game. But if Russ has a, uh, outside of that, the shooting hasn't really been the issue. In that seven-game stretch that we're talking about with LeBron and, you know, how bad the Lakers have been, Russ has been over 50% in more than half of those games. Or at least 50% in more than half of those games. I think the, the line versus Portland is a perfect example of what I would love to see from Westbrook. Ten field goal attempts, makes half of them. Still taking too many threes. I don't know why he shoots threes at all. Like, just stop taking threes. But makes half his field goal attempts. 15 points, 13 rebounds, 12 assists. Four turnovers, I like, you know, two, maybe three, preferably even one or zero, obviously. But realistically, you know, two or three. But outside of that, that's like the perfect kind of line. I don't I don't need Russ to be averaging all these shots, even with AD out. I like Russ to be averaging closer to, you know, 14, 15 shots than 19 or 20. That's an area of his game I like him to really dial back from. There's no reason for him to be shooting threes. He hasn't shot better than 32%, except... During his career since 2012, except one year. There's no reason to shoot threes, Russ. But outside of that, I think the the game script against Portland, I really hope these guys can look at and say, what did we really do well here? They played with heart, they played with a purpose from the onset. That was something I felt was different. So many times, the Lakers look like they're just going through the motions. And I understand that on a team full of veterans, that might be a little bit easier to do than on a team full of s- kids, so to speak, who haven't been there. I-, I I I can get that, but at a certain point, you got to decide what it's about for you, and it can't just be about why well, "I've been here." So da da da. At a certain point, you got to decide what it's about. Are you going to dig in or are you going to shy away? Because the fans that are showing up. They're there to see something that you haven't been bringing all season long so far. And I hope, semi-selfishly, because I'm planning to go to the game this coming week, in person. So semi-selfishly. But I hope that they continue to deliver that intensity. I hope that they continue to to have that level of effort. And I think, you know, with Frank Vogel now back at the helm, I think Malik Monk in the starting lineup is the thing that should stick around. I think that's a good fit for this team, especially with Anthony Davis out of the lineup. They need more scoring in the first five, and it can't just be about LeBron, and it can't just be about LeBron and Russ. I'd rather it be about LeBron and the other guys than LeBron and Russ from the scoring standpoint, to be honest with you. And I think for Malik, he gets better looks as a starter, because there isn't as much pressure on him. In five games as a starter, Malik is Now, he's playing a lot. He, you know he's averaging 34 minutes a game as a starter. But in that five game sample size, he's averaging n- nearly 17 points on 50% from the field, almost 38% from the three point line. That's that's the player the Lakers need him to be. They need him to be a little microwave. And with Carmelo who obviously is going to have to be, you know, more of that 15 to 20 point scorer than that 8 to 12 point scorer with Anthony Davis out of the lineup. For Carmelo, he's going to have to continue to bring his best effort in any given night. It can't just be about the three ball, although obviously that's been a lot of his career. I mean, he was outrageous to start the year from behind the three-point line. But in December, he didn't have the same efficiency. So he's got to do a little bit more. I don't mind Melo off the bench. I think that's actually a better role for him, personally. I'm curious to see what the rotation looks like. You know, THT, this is a guy who a lot of people, a lot of people, myself included, thought could be the recipient of heavy minutes, especially on a team that was short wings. THT is seeing his minutes get dialed back a little bit. He has not exactly been the player that we all want him to be. Major step back from the efficiency standpoint. Major step back. Can't be averaging 10.2 points on 10.1 shots. Cannot work. Especially when that's all you pretty much bring into the table. Defensively, he's still so interesting, he's got to learn to make his money in other areas besides scoring. And he's got to develop a move besides just dribble, 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 reverse layup to the basket. We all know that that's coming. So as the Lakers proceed here forward, there is so much that could still change with this team, and I do expect to change with this team. I don't think we're going to have a cohesive unit at any point because what's the reality of that between the COVID situation, between the roster iterations, between guys who could still come in, guys who could still go out? There's going to be so many different opportunities for this Lakers team to continue to morph into something that we have yet to dream about. But the underlying thing for me is this idea that the, the effort has to be there. It is so frustrating to watch a team that looks like it does not care. When you care more sitting on your couch watching the game than the players playing on the court, and that's what it looks like at least, it's a bad look for everybody. I know people got personal shit going on. I know the holidays are triggering for everybody. But year-round, it can't be an excuse, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. We all got, oh, this, all the time. At some point, you got to turn it in, pack it up, and get yourself together. And it's been this level of effort all season. Has not changed. There was one game earlier this season, one game where I was at against Miami, where I felt like the Lakers really put their asses to the ground and competed. That's what this team needs. Like, Stanley Johnson was firing this team up. How is that possible? And it's not a knock on Stanley Johnson as much as it is this team has LeBron and AD and Westbrook. Where's the heart? Where's the vocal leadership on the court? That's what I'm looking for. That's what I hope for in the new year for the Lakers. And, of course, I hope for health, and I hope for better three-point shooting, as we all should, right? Right? I hope you and your loved ones had a lovely holiday season, a beautiful start to the new year. And as we get into 2022, I look forward to being with you guys more regularly. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Lakers. Follow me at Ethan underscore Noroff, N-O-R-O-F. Follow the whole family on Twitter. A lot of links. You know where to find us. Until then, I'm out.